every supply chain begins with a single step, or actually lots of them. Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. If, by definition, a global supply chain encompasses everything that's required to get product to market, how much do you have to know to get one up and running? Well, it turns out, quite a bit. Now we have a new book that covers all the details involved in creating, launching, and scaling this hugely complex model. It's called Supply Chain for Startups, Building Your Business from Zero to Scale. And today I'm talking with the author, Jonathan Biddle. In his book, he covers everything from basic strategy and design to acquisition of raw materials, supply and demand management, manufacturing and assembly, distribution, logistics, inventory, and a lot more. We'll also delve into the biggest challenges facing supply chains today, both new and established, and how they're coping with unprecedented disruption and uncertainty. It's a lot more than Supply Chain 101. Here's my conversation with Jonathan Biddle. Jonathan Biddle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Author of Supply Chain for Startups, Building Your Business from Zero to Scale, Jonathan, you have stuffed an awful lot in fewer than 300 pages. It's pretty impressive how much information you got in here. I think this would serve as a good primer for more than just a startup. It's hard to see what you've left out in that relatively short book. I do want to ask you just to kick off, though. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What is your background in supply chain management? Yeah, thanks for that introduction. I got started in supply chain actually getting my international MBA from the University of South Carolina. And uh, there I studied supply chain as well as Arabic, and I just loved learning kind of how the process to make actually tangible products worked. And that really sparked my interest in how processes work, manufacturing works, operations works, and I decided to kind of shift my career into supply chain. After I graduated, I worked in a company called the Prismian Group for about six years and uh, managed various teams in some specialty cable manufacturing plants, both on kind of the energy side of the world, fiber optics side of the world, and then more specialty in the elevator uh, cable industry. And really, I my teeth there on warehouse management, production planning, demand forecasting, the full end-to-end scope, managed a team of people globally that did those things. And then a few years ago, I guess almost three now, I moved to work for Google, uh, where I am today. And I work in the global infrastructure group, managing uh, various supply chain activities, specifically around supply chain transformation, uh, optimizing processes on the data center infrastructure supply chain world. You certainly have experience both on the educational side and on the on the ground in the trenches aspect of supply chain management too. But why decide to write this book at this time? This really kicked off for me 10 years ago when I started investing in various Kickstarter startups. I love to see these brand new ideas that people would come up with, sometimes wild out there concepts and really brilliant engineers that have great ideas and just need to scale them to get to the right market. But Oftentimes, I noticed that they would come out of the gate charging, have a great production plan put in place, but then it would fizzle out either due to um, cost reasons, 
other types of demands that they didn't really consider. Um, but really, it all boiled down to improper supply chain planning. And take a look around at the resources that were available, and there wasn't much for somebody starting out with a new business. A lot of supply chain material out there is focused on the educational world, or if you're in a large multinational company. So I wanted to create something that was accessible to the everyday person who just wants to get their business up and running in a way. And I've introduced these basic supply chain concepts so that these companies can build them in as they are starting out. It's a lot more difficult to later on shift your company to start taking into account these basic supply chain principles rather than pulling them in from the ground up. And so I started out writing a course, and then I realized that I think the most accessible thing was just to write a book. And so I took advantage of my downtime in the pandemic and finished that off about a year ago, and it is available today. One of those people who actually did write a book during the pandemic. That's pretty impressive. So, okay, so you've, you've got these startups who may or may not know anything to get going with supply chain management. A lot of information here in the book, as I say. What do you think in terms of what they're going to encounter as they apply the lessons in this book to their actual life as supply chain managers? What might be the biggest challenge or challenges that they face? It's a Difficult question to answer and a simple one at the same time. I think it's difficult because every business and startup is different. So the challenges that they are going to face are unique to their product, unique to the country that they're in, unique to the global environment that they're currently in. I mean, today the challenges are very different from the challenges even two years ago. I mean, two years ago, demand was going crazy. As long as you could get a product out there, a lot of people would buy stuff. Cash was essentially free. Today, higher cost of capital, more uncertain future demand with potentially a looming recession, you have to be a little more cost conscious, a little more focused. So I think that makes it a little bit challenging to understand exactly what the key challenges are. But I think on the other hand, it is simple because the challenges they're going to face are the same that every business that is trying to convert raw materials into a finished product for a customer are going to face. And this is simply put, getting your demand right getting your production right if you have a physical product, getting your distribution right, and then tying that all together in a way that streamlines, that flows, and that gets your product to your customer kind of on time and as they expect it to be. Difference for a startup, of course, is that generally, by definition, that's going to be a fairly small company with not a lot of individuals with individualized tasks. So what about the challenge of implementing all of these principles and all these actions in an organization that's just starting up, that's just small, who should be overseeing the strategy and, and how can they access the resources needed to do it? A critical problem. And the way I structured the book to addresses this is that the first part of it really just looks at big picture concepts and trying to map out the flow of your supply chain. So like, how is it mapped out? Like, where are your key suppliers located? Where is your manufacturing? Where is your end distribution? Where are your customers? And I think those kind of concepts are applicable to an engineer, a two-person company, CEO. Getting those concepts in their brains uh, initially helps with the scale part. Who oversees the supply chain strategy and execution piece really depends on what stage that they're in. Initially, it's whoever has the time, honestly. And I think that as, as a company matures, it does behoove them to have somebody who is focused on these key supply chain principles so that they can focus more on other parts of the business and leave the supply chain to, to an individual who's responsible for that. 
Well, is also something at stake if you don't do it right, because so much of supply chain is tied into regulation and compliance with a lot of government regulations and the like. So there again, you need somebody in the organization who is overseeing that. I guess that's, once again, the answer to your question is whoever's available to do it, but the but the price of not doing it is pretty high. Right? So true. And I, I do think it's important to, as quickly as possible, have somebody who is knowledgeable in that area and responsible for that takeover. Because yeah. you're right, the costs are, are high for not complying with those regulations. Now, some of the stuff that you talk about in this book is definitely evergreen. Goes back many, many years, classic supply chain theory and practice. But there's also an aspect, I wonder, as you were writing this book, whether you were dealing with a moving target, especially since in the last two or three years, so much has changed in the world of supply chain. Some of the major theories like just-in-time inventory minimization and the like. As you were writing and as you yourself were learning about this and as you yourself were a supply chain practitioner, how have you seen theory and practice of supply chain management actually changing in recent years? I think I touched on one of the pieces I wanted to talk about previously, and you brought it up too, like lean doesn't always support growth. And so in like high growth environments, if you are very tightly controlled on this kind of just-in-time process, then you may not be able to capture all the demand that comes your way. However, times shift very quickly, and today you see companies kind of shifting back again towards, towards lean. So you're right that it is a bit of a moving target, and that is one reason why I focus on the key fundamentals. So I talk about lean. I also talk about demand-driven planning, stocking buffers throughout your supply chain to ensure that you have enough on hand for these spikes in demand. And so I think balancing those concepts gives you like a more holistic approach to your supply chain rather than being so focused on kind of one overall concept of just-in-time. You also need a balance depending on, on how your supply chain functions. And I think, secondly, the higher focus on technology has been incredible. I mean, you see supply chain software startups all the time coming up on the scene. I mean, previously managing various transportation providers and like getting a map of where your products are was pretty difficult. You had to like tie things together, but now you have a lot of technology companies out there that are aggregating that information together. And so some of these things that previously we would have to do manually and you'd have to have like a team tracking them, oftentimes software today can take care of that. And so I think knowing when to invest in those technologies is pretty important. And I think will definitely drive more change in the future. I mean, we, we don't know what other things are going to be automated by artificial intelligence in the near future. And that will kind of change the strategy for a, for, for a startup, especially getting out. Well, that is changing even as we speak with the new news about various types of generative artificial intelligence coming in just in, online in just the last few months. And so I wonder, when you talk about technology, are you at risk of a book like this becoming almost obsolete within a year or two and you needing to, like, update it? And that's an issue, too, for supply chain managers as to what technology they should be acquiring. So how do they even begin to get their arms around that question? Yeah, I think it's a really difficult world today. It used to be fairly simple, right, if you had a growing company, you would invest in like an ERP system that had a suite of all these tools and it was kind of like one-stop shop. It was SAP, you know, Oracle, those types of things. But today, there's all these different tools that you, know, you can put a lot of money automating all these different pieces of your supply chain. Picking which software to invest in should be driven by a few things. One is like focusing on which areas of your supply chain have high costs for inaccuracy or failure. So you mentioned regulation compliance. If that is a big area for your product, by all means, focus on investing in software that will help eliminate some of the human error that can happen in that area. 
think quality control is another huge one for a physical product in manufacturing startups. Like invest in technology that will catch things that humans may not be able to catch as easily. I think also focusing on where you see the most volume going through in your supply chain is a great area as well to look at technology. Where you have repeatable tasks that people have to do all the time, you can save a lot of money by investing in software that automates those processes. Maybe a third one would just be, which processes do you need to be super reliable in your business for you to be able to successfully meet your customer demand? Those are the key areas where you should look at software that will help you make sure that you can consistently execute in those areas all the time. It'll free you up and free your people up on your team to focus on more of the strategic and cost-saving areas as well. Again, a startup is not likely to have all of the in-house expertise in logistics and transportation and supply chain that it needs to get the job done. So I see you do have some pages in here about the use, reliance on third-party logistics providers or 3PLs. I take it that that's probably a pretty good move for a small company. I mean, would you recommend the use of a 3PL to provide the type of expertise that the startup is unlikely to have in, in-house? I would say in most cases, the answer is probably yes. As before, it does depend on the type of business that they are, but I think most startups should not be in the logistics world. There are a lot of companies out there that provide great service, great support, and really connect with kind of your point-of-sale software like Shopify or whatever you're using as well. So making sure that you do that is, is important to your long-term viability as a company. It's so important to get demand forecasts down right, or maybe, I don't know, it's impossible to get demand forecasts down right these days. A lot of the talk these days is about supply chain agility, supply chain resilience, supply chain risk management. How do you think companies, startups, or for that matter, anyone, should balance the dynamic between, on one hand, being ready to handle whatever comes down the pike in terms of specific disruptions and crises, or just be agile enough to take whatever comes when it happens. I mean, you can't anticipate everything. So should you be relying more on an actual forecast with hard numbers, or should you just be ready to adjust to whatever happens in your supply chain? You're right. Chasing full forecast accuracy is like chasing the wind. I I have done a lot of forecasting and building forecast processes using AI methodology, machine learning, things like that uh, in my companies in the past. And you can always get sort of there, but then any type of unforeseen event often throws those off. So I do believe that agility is probably more important, especially for startups. The changing environment that you're going to face, it's so unpredictable who actually will like your product and who will buy it. But I think not to the exclusion of demand forecasting. You still need some sort of overarching number and target that you are driving towards because these types of numbers drive so many activities in your supply chain from procurement to your warehouse footprint planning, depending on how big you're getting, to inventory management. All these things are super important to have a plan and numbers that people drive to. But I think the key there is to, within that overarching plan, be agile with it. The review process should not take a month to get everybody on the same page of these numbers that you are shooting for. It should be on the order of days or even hours if you can. And I think, too, you need to be careful, too, of a demand plan that fluctuates too much because if you are changing every day, then also you are causing a lot of signals to your suppliers that are are very confusing. It's this forever challenge in supply chain of balance and these portions. And one thing I talk about in my book that I think is important to help manage that is building these so-called buffers throughout your supply chain of areas where you can build additional 
capacity or inventory where it enables you to be agile and to to react quickly to various changes in your demand or supply, but also doing it in a way that you can help manage your costs. And I think the exact answer to that question does depend on your business model and the structure of your business too. If you have a very consumer-focused e-commerce volume-driven business, then you're going to make probably bigger buffer decisions and have, have more inventory in various locations. Whereas if you are very dependent on kind of like customized products, then you may want to have more flexibility upstream with your suppliers rather than kind of finished inventory. Let's talk about upstream with suppliers for a moment because you do have some pretty good details in here about how to manage suppliers. But these days, a lot of companies are rethinking how they work with suppliers, where they get their supply, whether they should be diversifying their supply base to de-risk their supply chain in the event of disruption. What do you tell a startup? It doesn't really have the resources to like source from all over the world, and yet if it does choose to narrow its sourcing down to one country or one supplier, it really is putting itself at risk if that particular supplier has any issues. So what is the message to them as to how they can de-risk and how they can deal with that potential problem? It's a tricky question. No, I'm saying that a lot, but I think that's fair all for tricky any questions. getting involved in supply chain. Is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's no necessarily one right answer, too. But I think the, the advice I would give is that, number one, Focus on building good relationships and collaborative relationships with the suppliers that you have. I think having few good startups that you have a good relationship with, good communication with, is often sometimes better than having three suppliers all over the world that you have like bad relationships with or very transactional relationships with. Because I think despite all the technology and processes that we look at today, that element of trust in that human portion is still present in the supply chain, and it matters. Um, and so I think, number one, build that relationship. Number two, while you are building that, do the work as you have time to qualify your most critical components with other suppliers. And I think this doesn't have to be the main focus as you are uh, ramping up, but as you are uh, looking at your bill of material, find those key critical components that like, if you don't have that or if the lead time were to extend by weeks or months, you would be in serious trouble and start scoping out the other options that are out there. doesn't mean you have to necessarily buy a bunch from them initially, but at least starting those conversations, getting yourself ready in terms of uh, having parts qualified will go a long way. When crisis does strike, you're not starting from ground zero. You at least have some of the work done to adapt and, and respond. The book is called Supply Chain for Startups, Building Your Business from Zero to Scale. Brief but exhaustive. I don't know if that's possible, but it does certainly seem to be. The author, Jonathan Biddle, uh, link to where you can get this book in the show notes to this particular episode. But Jonathan, thank you so much for spending time with me talking about the book. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. That was my conversation with Jonathan Biddle, author of Supply Chain for Startups. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.